Jack Sawinski headlines an outfield group that has a lot more to work with than it did in 2022. More on that on Locked On Pirates. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to that Pirates podcast, everybody, sponsored by FanDuel. Make every moment more at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. My name is Ethan Smith, host of the Locked On Pirates podcast, where it is your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every single day. And we are wrapping up the 2023 season preview series through the rest of the week. So today we are talking about Jack Sawinski and the plethora of outfielders that are going to be behind him that could be knocking on the door throughout 2023. Tomorrow or later today, we're going to be talking about Andrew McCutcheon and then, of course, Brian Reynolds on Friday. So it's going to be a very fun time or uh, talking about the outfield group. Then we're going to be doing some other things ahead of the first baseball game of the year on February 25th, this Saturday against the Toronto Blue Jays in spring training. But more on that when those episodes come. And Jack Sawinski is the topic of the town today here on the Locked on Pirates podcast. And Jack Sawinski last year was a guy that was both very fun to watch and very frustrating to watch at times. He comes up early in the year, and you see a guy that hits the home run ball well, has that big game against the San Francisco Giants where he hits three home runs. Things are great. Then you took more of a look at what he was doing. And the macro of things was that Jack Sawinski basically was able to hit the home run ball well, but if he wasn't doing that, he wasn't doing much of anything. Uh, The strikeout ball was his biggest Achilles heel last year, and it's something that in 2023 he is going to have to fix if he wants to hold on to this starting job. And when you look at what Jack Sawinski was able to do last year, Here's a just brief look from MLB.com at his stats. Over 300 at-bats, 19 home runs, 38 RBIs with a 202-298-709 slash line. Not terrible numbers when you consider the home run total, but you definitely want to see that average, the on-base percentage, and the OPS go up. Now, Jack Sawinski on one hand, is a power left-handed bat in PNC. It's something that works very well, hence the home run number. But he needs to be a little bit more than that. And the reason I say that is defensively, he was not bad at all in left field. And that's where I expect him to stay to begin the year, at least this year, is I expect him to be a left uh, the left fielder on opening day. But I'm not going to go 100% into that just because of the amount of guys that are going to be behind him, which we'll get more into as the show progresses today. Spring training is going to offer a lot of answers that the Pirates are going to get and want this year from the corner outfield spots. Now, of course, Andrew McCutcheon, who is going to be talked about in our next episode of the 2023 preview series, he's going to be a guy that's going to help a lot of these young guys. He's going to play in right field more than likely, and I think he will man that spot for quite some time. 
this season. But he's going to be very valuable in being a veteran presence to these guys like a Jack Sawinski who haven't exactly had it. They've had Brian Reynolds. They've had other guys. But most of the veteran presence you've seen from this team the last couple of seasons from outside of the organization that they bring in was guys like Tyler Anderson and Jose Quintana, who are pitchers, obviously, and were helping the pitching staff more than they were helping the hitting core, which has been a detriment to this team for a while. And Jack Sawinski didn't help that much last year outside of the home run ball. Now, with the kind of power that Jack Sawinski possesses, if you could tap into something with him and get that on base percentage up at least, I'm not even I don't even really care about the average that much. It's the on base percentage that I really care about. I want to see him draw more walks. I want to see that K rate go down. I want to see the strikeouts go down. I want to see all of those stuff things go down while the home run ball either goes up or, or up or stays around the same. If he hits 19 home runs again this year, I don't think too many people would be upset, especially if the OP, uh, OPS and the on base percentage increase and from justice de los santos of course of mlb.com covering the pittsburgh pirates he actually offered a comparison photo of something jack sawinski has been working on here at spring training in the early parts of the spring where he has changed his batting stance pretty drastically actually if you want to take a look at it here on your screen if you're on youtube you see on the left from 2022 versus on the right in 2023 you could tell that the elbow placement is very different and the stance itself overall is just very different. And I want to stick on the elbow placement for a second because if you want to compare this batting stance that Jack Sawinski has here, on the left in 2022, you could see the elbow is more back and closed off away from the pitcher, where in 2023, something that a lot of hitters, especially hitters like Jack Sawinski, who play for power, are trying to do is they're trying to be more open. They're trying to let themselves open up a little bit in the batter's box so that they can draw more walks or bring down the strikeouts because they could see the ball a little bit easier. And that appears to be what Jack Sawinski is trying to do here with this open batting stance, the left foot, uh, or right foot, sorry, kind of a little bit behind the left foot as well so that he can even extend out a little bit more and take that ball to right field like he wants to over the wall. And we'll see how this works. And this is something that's going to be a watching point in 2023 spring training with the guys that are behind him. Because as I've mentioned with guys like Rodolfo Castro, guys like Austin Hedges, when Andy Rodriguez eventually comes up, guys that are all over the place, even the pitching staff in the bullpen, if you're not performing up to standard this year or playing well, it's not just like previous years where you're going to be stuck in that position no matter what because there's just not anybody behind you to take the spot. Jack Sawinski has to perform up to par this year. He has to improve those strikeout numbers. He has to improve getting on base more. He has to draw more walks while also keeping that power element that is basically keeping him in the starting role right now in left field. And there are guys that are going to be knocking on the door and very early. There's not guys where we're going to say, oh, we have to wait until July or August to see this player probably come up. No, some of these guys are going to be on the bench to start the season on the MLB roster that are going to be knocking on the door. And Jack Sawinski, again, is it a batting average thing or a batting stance thing? Who knows? Maybe that's what he needed. Uh, there have been reports out of camp that they're seeing uh, improvements on Jack Sawinski's game. He's making adjustments to his game. You can check those out uh, on MLB.com and anywhere else that you uh, get your Pirates news from. But 
Jack Sawinski, man, I mean, it's your time. You have the position right now, but are you going to keep it? Is he going to keep it? There's two sides to this. If the OPS and the on-base percentage improve and his power element doesn't go away, there's your left fielder for the foreseeable future for right now. If the on-base percentage and the OPS and the average and the strikeouts and all that stuff do not improve, and he's basically the same Jackson Winsky that we saw last year, you're going to see the likes of Ryan Vallade. You're going to see the likes of Connor Joe, Tucapita Marcano, G1 Bay, Travis Swaggerty, I mean, Connor Scott, Matt Gorski, Matt Frazier. There's a plenty of guys that could take Jack Sawinski's spot, and we'll talk a little bit more about him here in just a moment. But today's episode, of course, is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more at FanDuel.com slash locked on. The midway point of the NBA season is here. The All-Star break just ended, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. You can also do the spread on games, the money line, the total, over or under on points, player points, rebounds, assists, etc. And so many more exclusive bets like the two three-pointer scored in first three minutes bet. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more and make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and the Locked On Podcast Network. So, Jack Sawinski again is a guy that for now has that position locked up. That position is his. It is how it's going to be for right now. Spring is going to be more about the guys that are behind him. Who is going to be the backup outfielder on the 26-man roster? Who is going to be the starting outfielder in AAA that can also bounce back and forth if injuries or any unforeseen things occur? Who is the guy that can do those things? Well, as you've seen with me pulling up fan graphs a lot during these uh, episodes of the 2023 preview series, most of the time it was one or two guys that I thought could legitimately make a case for taking over the spot of Rodolfo Castro's spot, like Leo Piguero and Nick Gonzalez, or taking over um, at the catcher position behind Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis, or Malcolm Nunez being the first baseman after Carlos Santana and G-Man Choi if those guys get traded. The outfield is not like that at all. The outfield is deep. Now, when I say deep, don't think I'm saying deep with talent in terms of good talent, because we ultimately don't really know yet. And when you look at this list that I have here on the screen, you look at a guy like Travis Swaggerty, 2018 first-round pick. We haven't seen much of him. A lot of people were very concerned last year that we didn't see a lot of Jack, or, uh, Travis Swaggerty because of the fact that he was a first-round pick, but he was a first-round pick from the previous regime. So does that kind of change how Ben Charrington and this group look at a guy 
like Travis Swaggerty. And he's still a top 15 prospect in the organization, according to Fangraphs, 12th overall or 31st overall this year. He was 12th overall last year, which says a lot in terms of where Travis Swaggerty sits. He is now in a he is now in a group of outfielders where it gets very interesting wondering what his future is here in Pittsburgh. Are we going to see him eventually play? I'm pretty sure. I think you see him at some point. But it's not as in the cards as it used to be for Jack Sawinski or uh, for Travis Swaggerty. And with Jack Sawinski's emergence last year, with the introductions of G1 Bay and now Andrew McCutcheon and Brian Reynolds still staying here, where does Travis Swaggerty play? I think that is the biggest question that you get into with this. Where does he end up playing? And you can make that argument for everybody on this list. But the Pirates are going to need answers at some point. They're going to need answers on these guys. And Travis Swaggerty is at the top of this list, rightfully so, because he was a former first-round pick, albeit he hasn't had crazy numbers at the minor league level. But who knows? Is he a trade candidate? Are any of these guys trade candidates? Just because of the the sheer amount of players they have at the outfield position. Now, one of the more concerning things that I get into with all this is out of the guys that I could see coming up here quite quickly that are not in that top group. We'll go back to that top group in a second. But out of the top, the guys that I see that could eventually be a part of this outfield mix at some point, you have Matt Frazier, who I like a lot. He's a left-handed hitter. You have Connor Scott, who I also like a lot, who was picked up in the Jacob Stallings trade and is going to make or break that trade now for the Pittsburgh Pirates after the uh, departure of Zach Thompson. Left-handed hitter. Hudson Head picked up in the San Diego Padres trade. I think he's still a little bit farther away than those other two, but he could knock on the door if he has a good 2023. Left-handed hitter. That is where Matt Gorski enters the fold. Matt Gorski is a non-roster invitee. You can see him right in the middle of that group. Former second-round pick in 2019, the year after Travis Swaggerty. I think a lot of people around that time are thinking Swaggerty and Gorski were going to be the future of the outfield alongside Brian Reynolds. Not yet. But Matt Gorski has a bat that plays, folks. If you go look at his minor league stats last year, just do it. Just have fun. Just do it and have fun. Because Matt Gorski is a guy that will likely start the season in, the, in in Indianapolis. He's already 25, but that's still relatively young in baseball. And he's a guy that can make noise. I could see him making a lot of noise this year if his back continues to play. Now, he does have the disadvantage of having to jump a lot of these players. And that's going to be the thing that's a disadvantage for this entire group. Even if Jack Sawinski is not playing up to par and struggles, there's still some guys on this on this group that you see on your screen that are going to still have to jump other players. Travis Swaggerty is going to be in that group. 
Kanan Smith and Jigba, albeit I think you're going to get a hard look at him this year because of his injury last year that sidelined him all year. They're going to need looks on him. Tukapita Marcano, who's probably going to shift from the middle infield to the outfield now. Ryan Valade, who was picked up on waivers from Colorado, is a guy that the Pirates are going to want to get looks on. They introduced Miguel Andujar last year. And that speaks to what me and Gary spoke about on Monday about this team is when 2022 ended, you could have penned Miguel Andujar's name into the starting lineup every single day when 2022 ended. Now, Miguel Andujar is a minor league outfielder just because of the amount of things that the Pirates did well this offseason. Bringing in veterans, making the outfield better with Andrew McCutcheon, making first base better. They did a lot of good things this offseason, and the outfield was one of them. Because this doesn't even include Connor Joe. This doesn't even include Jiwon Bay, who's a guy that the Pirates are going to want to get into the lineup at some point, I'm sure. There are a lot of outfielders to take looks at on this roster. And spring training is going to be the time to do it. Every time that you see anybody on this list, Jack Sawinski, Connor Joe, G1 Bay, Swaggerty, Smith and Jigba, Cal Mitchell, Tucapito Marcano, Ryan Valade, Miguel Andujar, Matt Gorski, Frazier, Scott, you see these guys and they're at the plate in spring training, put your eyes on them. Put your eyes on them. Because that is the biggest spring training battle you're going to see in spring training outside of maybe the starting pitching staff at the fifth spot and some of the bullpen. But the outfield is a loaded group right now. Very loaded group of players that the Pirates need to get looks on and know what they have. Because I've seen people like myself say, well, at some point, if the Pirates want to move on from some prospects, where do you start? You start in the outfield. Because you could trade three or even four of these prospects and make room for the outfield and still have depth at the position. Because say you take three or four of these guys, like let's just say you remove the top four. Swaggerty, Smith & Jigman, Marcano, Valade. Then you're still working with Connor Joe. You're still working with Jiwon Bay. You're still working with Andujar. You're still working with Gorski, Frazier, Hudson Head, Connor Scott, Lolo Sanchez. And you still have Lonnie White Jr. a little bit farther away. But then you're also getting into the fact that you still have Sawinski, Reynolds, and McCutcheon. So, I'll wrap this episode up. It's a little bit shorter today. But I'll wrap this episode up by saying this. Don't be surprised if the Pirates make a move with one of these outfielders at some point in the year, or maybe even multiple. But Jack Sawinski, the on-base percentage needs to go up. The strikeouts need to go down. If they don't, as I stated on this show today, there's a lot of guys waiting for your spot. And spring training is going to be a really good time to figure that out. Guys, thank you for tuning in to the Locked On Pirates podcast today. Of course, my name is Ethan Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates. For all of your coverage of the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team 
every single day. We will have the Andrew McCutcheon episode after this episode, and then Brian Reynolds. And then on Friday, we're going to be taking a look at the weekend ahead for spring training with two games slated to happen, I believe. And then Gary will be back on Monday. So that's kind of a roadmap for everything you'll see here on the Locked On Pirates podcast. But my name is Ethan Smith, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will see you on the flip side.